0: All right, guys, welcome back to the four four three podcast. Reese, there's only one place we can start. Set us up.
1: It's got to be Manchester City um, at Newcastle. Um, one of the at St James. Yes, one of the toughest places to play in the league. Matt, yesterday I woke up at two thirty in the morning uh, and had Why? to. Not by choice. Not yeah, by but choice. I know you
0: texted me about Chelsea, and I was surprised. As I woke up at 7, <laughs> and I don't know what time your text came in. Guys, Reese very rarely wakes up before the, for the early games. He can make it up
1: for the eight of, 7.30, 8 o'clock games, yeah. but... Anything at 5.30, I don't expect to see anything on. It was a weird day, man. I woke up at 2.30 and then couldn't fall back asleep, so I watched a Chelsea game, worked all day. Right after 4.30, I crashed for an hour, and I guess I ordered food, because the lady's like, food's here, and she woke me up, and I was like... I don't remember ordering this Portillo's, but let me feast real quick. <laughs> Immediately, we went right back to bed. And then I woke up this morning, text him out. I was like, man, my sleep schedule is destroyed. So <laughs> let's go I've ahead. I've been and- waiting for
0: three and four day weekends. So my <laughs> sleep schedule is actually pretty good right now. <laughs> good,
1: good. Let's go ahead and jump into the game here, guys. Uh, one of the games of the season, man. Uh, I feel like when Newcastle play, again, I, I think we will disagree again because much like the Liverpool game, I felt like City at least a little bit less deserving than Liverpool did last game. But I felt like Newcastle, they are just capitalizing on the opportunities they're getting. And I don't think they necessarily deserve those goals, but they are finishing them every single yeah. time.
0: I, no, I agree with you. On, that's what I kind of meant where it just never seemed like until Liverpool put on just yeah. out, like, just with City doing the subs. Yeah. Once they could go into, th- they, they kicked it into fifth gear. Yeah. They got their subs on, and they just don't have the bodies to replace anybody on this team. Yeah. I mean, they replaced Gordon. Gordon.
1: Um, The only sub they made, I think, was Gordon. Yeah, and and big loss with Jolington. He's going to be out for about six weeks. When they made
0: that change, they stopped trying to win the game, and they started playing for the draw. City could play for the win. They can't play for the win. They can only play for the draw.
1: And I'm sorry. If you go into a low block against Manchester City, there's no better team. You're going to get sliced
0: up. So let's focus back on the beginning of the game. I was really – we were texting a lot on this one where Ederson got injured. Oh, my god! We we were both like – us and NBC Sports, and sorry for our listeners outside the United States. We only get these games through NBC Sports, so we get the NBC commentators, yeah. and they were screaming along like us, like that was off out of bat, or offside. Why didn't you raise the flag?
1: Like, <laughs> and that's the tricky thing with the rules now is if the referees are unsure, they have to wait until play is stopped mm-hmm. to then raise the flag. And uh, although it is not okay because a lot it, it requires more in, uh, risk of injury but I think it's needed overall uh, because if you're unsure and he ends up being onside, that's a huge, huge boost. And it for, That you. does create a
0: problem where Newcastle, sorry, yeah, Newcastle is having to play because they have to take their opportunity. Yep. And City is like, dude, this is offside. What are you doing? Yeah. Like That's what I got from Walker. And I think that that play put their main goalie, one of the best in the world, yep. out of the game. Yep. And it also I think it rattled, it may have tweet walker
1: yeah i agree and we'll get I, into I, walker in a moment <laughs> so let's get into the first goal with uh, my boy probably one of my you know i've been praising him all season man bernardo oh, silva yeah. has has been a revelation this season i think
0: he made my top five midfielders of all time because <laughs> i just respect the shit out of it he,
1: he is he is uh continuing to deliver and the back heel is just beautiful uh off the assist from kyle i walker. had to get on my
0: phone and, and Find the the, because I couldn't figure out how he scored the goal. I know he scored it, but I couldn't figure out what part of the body did it because of the long angle on the game. He's so tiny as well, (laughs) and I couldn't figure it was a back heel or if it came off his knee. I I had to watch it on like find it on YouTube and watch it where they cut in on to see that it was a back heel. Yeah, and just a beautiful goal because he just did it with no like hesitation. It was just like it looks so easy, like scratching a niche.
1: You just you don't know sometimes you do it. You just do it. Yeah, just credit to, to Bernardo. He continues to be one of the best players for city this season um let's go ahead and jump into the first goal because it must it was shortly after right that mm-hmm. isaac scored
0: yeah the first goal was at 30 or sorry 26 minutes for silva 35 minutes for isaac
1: i have a problem with kyle walker at times yep. you it's, and me were
0: both talking about this it
1: seems like some he gives too much credit to himself in terms i don't think it's I, I don't want to – a professional player, in my opinion, is never cocky. I mean, unless they're blatantly saying some some weird stuff. Heck, but, to me, a Ronaldo is cocky. <laughs> okay, fair. But at the same time, I think they have to be confident in themselves to stay on form because if you lack confidence, you're not going to deliver. Now, where I have a problem with Kyle Walker is he is so um, – confident in his own pace that he thinks he, he can be lackadaisical at times to then recover that pace that he, with mistakes that he's made. And that's exactly what happened where Anthony Gordon makes an overlapping run uh, while Isaac has the ball and he gets caught in two spaces and that leads to an Isaac perfectly cut in and, and buried it uh, top bottom.
0: Isaac no. cut him because he got distracted and then Gordon cuts him less than two minutes later.
1: And that was what pissed me off more was because Anthony Gordon pretty much outpaced him the whole way down the field. And you can see Kyle Walker was basically jogging until he's like, oh, oh shit. Like, mm-hmm. they're literally about to be in, in the box now. And that's when he sprinted and caught up. Yeah, it's, and he still has his speed. I'm not going to say any yeah. age
0: curve stuff or anything about Kyle Walker, but it just seemed to me like, I don't know if he tweaked something in that fall earlier yeah. in the game. That's why I was maybe tying this into. Or he just thought that Newcastle were trash and he didn't yeah. have to step his game up. He eventually, well,
1: we'll get into it. Let's continue yeah. with the game. So I, I do think... And just to piggyback mm-hmm. off that, I think what you said was a great point, that when Ederson came off, it didn't. It seemed like the whole city defense as a whole lacked a little bit more confidence. Um, and their goalie, other than those
0: two goals, did a good job because he was just set up for failure, unfortunately, by Walker. But other yeah. than that, for the rest of the game, he conducted himself. And I've never seen him play that I know of. Maybe I've seen him in internationals. He, I don't he's know, in like, the
1: League Cup uh, usually. Uh, he, he's a great ball distributor. I mean, when you're playing with Ederson and you're in a pep system, you kind of have to mm-hmm. be a great distributor with the ball at your feet. And he did well. Um, you know, usually Pep doesn't ask too much for shot stopping. That's why Ederson isn't, his best attribute isn't shot stopping. It's the ball at his feet. And that is one of the most important things in Pep's system is uh, a goalkeeper that can play with their feet. Pause. Um, <laughs> uh, very lucky. Hey, whatever you, <laughs> helps you get through the day, man. <laughs> uh, so they go into halftime. I'm sure Pep absolutely blew them up. And we get into the second half and more so of the same story. It actually looked like Newcastle for about five, ten minutes actually started to still kind of dominate the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to set the stage for you. Yeah. Dun, dun dun, <laughs> dun, 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 Ten minutes left in the game. Kevin De Bruyne comes on for Bernardo Silva. I think well, I'm no, sorry. no. It had to have been 20 minutes because he scored oh. at 74. Oh, my bad. 70th minute. Yeah. Thank you. And he came on for Bernardo Silva. Now, when this team is fully healthy, Rodri, KDB, and Bernardo Silva—that's the best midfield trio in in the in, in the world, in my opinion. Um, yeah,
0: maybe tied with Man sorry Real Madrid overall. Yeah. I mean, they have a I mean, but they have I, a lot of marks. But like, well, you're you're probably right. I give one in ninety seven, one in ninety six. If I was ranking them out of hundred points,
1: I'll say I'll say this: the reason I think they're the best midfield yeah, trio. is— No, no, is, and I agree with you. They'd be the you know, but they're. NBC Sports made a good point. They said when Rodri has started a game for City, they have been undefeated since last February. Guys, we are in 2024 January, so literally almost a year that City have been undefeated with Rodri starting a game. I don't think that that should be everything you need to know about how good Rodri is and impactful is to this team. Uh, it didn't look like Newcastle. It looked like Newcastle were going to be the team to actually be the ones to 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 overcome that 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 record, but. Uh, when KDB comes on, like you said, it was around the 70th minute. Only a few minutes later, the inevitable happened. A Beautiful shot from outside the box. I I didn't think it would go in personally because he made it seem like he should have taken it with his left. But then he switches it to the right. He switches his hips right to the right side so he can shoot it with his right foot. And it was a grounder, perfectly bottom corner. What were your thoughts on the goal? I inevitably thought once KDB
0: came on, they were going to win. I didn't think it'd be the way the way it came about. Yeah. I thought it would be Alvarez and, um, you know, some magic up front with the wingers, Doku. But the way they ultimately win it is with that really unique KDB goal. Yeah. And then, well, I'm going to let you talk and we'll about get, the we'll next get to, player that comes on. And you, it, remind,
1: you reminded me with Alvarez and Foden especially, uh, tactically, Newcastle played the exact same they've been playing all season with the four-five-one defensively. And what City... What I've been trying to preach to to other teams playing against Newcastle is when you're against that formation, you have to have a lot of off-ball movement. Phil Foden in that attacking mid-roll for the full first half, maybe they, they kind of recognized it at halftime mm-hmm. that they needed to be a little bit more closed down on him. But they would play right to Foden in between those pockets of space, and he would turn, and there was a bunch of space between mm-hmm. him and the defenders.
0: That's what I was saying. Well, you kind of took it like I was saying I finally see what people are talking about when they say Foden is better than Saka. I know this is sacrilege to my fellow Arsenal brethren, but I could just kind of see. in that Well, maybe it's because Sokka's down, but I could just kind of see in that just blistering off-the-ball movement he was doing that and Foden is really a good, a very good player. I just started to see what he was doing off the
1: ball, which is sometimes hard when you watch it on TV. Yeah, and this is what I hate about the first take media, Matt, as I discussed <laughs> with you yesterday. Yes, you did. Is First of all, guys, Sokka is a right winger, and Foden most of the time is an attacking midfielder until KDB's in. Now he'll most likely shift off to a wing wing, or come off the bench, most likely the wing, because you really can't bench Foden right now with the way he's been playing. Um, I, I hate that conversation because they play in two totally different positions right now, and they're also playing in two totally different systems of play. No, and when I get you on that, but I always, when we started this podcast, I said,
0: I don't get the Phil Foden thing. Gotcha. And that was more me saying, oh, I'm seeing where I am deficient in understanding of this player and what he does. I, because I'm an Arsenal guy, I I always like, Sokka's better. He's 20, he's young, a little bit younger, he's just better. And now I'm like, oh, you know, right now, Foden is better. Yeah. That's that's fair. Um, because more it was more me realizing, like... Because you've been helping me understand the games tactically better and looking for different things and how things are done.
1: Do you think the off-ball movement, though, was more on Foden's IQ of the game or Pep just having this type of tactical prowess that he has? Because I don't think Foden... If you were... Let's say... This is a, a shitty comparison. But let's say they're playing, che- he's in Chelsea right now. I don't think Phil Foden's making the off-ball movements that he would be unless he was in that city system. So...
0: I'm going to say yes and no. Okay. I think that he Pep is telling him what to do, but he has the tactical acumen to be able to execute, it, and not every player can execute it. Okay. We saw that it took Grealish almost an entire season to be able to execute it the way Pep wants it done. Because Pep expects, and the, the, Pep's disciples yeah. expect so much from their players mentally mm-hmm. as well as physically that I agree with you, if he wasn't being asked to do it, I'm not sure he would do it, but since he's being asked, he has the ability
1: to do it, Great if that makes more sense. Yeah, for sure. And and getting into g- getting back sort of into the game, when Foden would uh, expose that midfield with those off-ball movements. He, he kept a, doing and it, it, and kept, it. that's what opened my eyes. I'm just like, holy, he's There's, just cutting through these guys like a hot knife through butter. And he had so much space that he can make the right pass or make the right play to get City into the yeah. final third, but what the issue was with City is Alvarez... And Doku could not finish her chances. There was a moment in the second half for Alvarez to actually win it. And he just skied it over the bar right from the PK spot. And Alvarez hasn't been, I wouldn't say, in his best form this season. But for a striker at the best club in the world, you have to put those away.
0: So I want to, like, so one of our favorite players' names to say is coming on. We're going to talk yeah, about it. Yeah. We'll get him. But, we'll
1: get, we'll start. Him but
0: with him, yeah. we also want to discuss this and I might just do it early. It was going to be in my stop a giant question okay. because I think that this player for city is starting to enter our patron saint status. <laughs> so my thing is with the patron say is it's a player, or a figure in the game that both of us really enjoy either for a positive or something negative. They do, Fair. or it could be a negative for me and a positive for you yeah. in the case of patron saint, Tom Bowley. Yeah. Um, I I think that some of the stuff he does is a little crazy, but yeah. I still respect him for sure and like him. Yeah. But and same with our Hei Wei Chan. Hang, hang thank you, sir. Yeah. Um He's just a player that came about that our attention because Pep didn't know his name, and I've always
1: knew who he <laughs> yeah, was. You always know who
0: he was, and then yeah. once you were like, "Oh, well, he's really good." His name is, and I was like, "Oh," and I started watching. Like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, he's so <laughs> I think this next character we're gonna go over is gonna be substituted, and I think at the 80th minute, yep, comes. Um, I,
1: yeah, I think is is it. Is simply because of his name, but he played phenomenal in this game. And he has been phenomenal late off the bench. Our boy, Oscar so Bob. Bob uh, definitely in the short list of our p- potential patron saints for next season. I... We'll discuss the okay. archer later. Uh, shout out to, to Dominic Solanke. Dominic Solanke and him are both in the same category yeah, for me. Irola's in there somewhere, mm-hmm. too. So at the end of each season, guys, we'll do a, a special where we are handpicking our patron saints for I next think, season. Yeah, I think we might we only double to bring in two a year. I think that's fair.
0: Very but, fair. But um, let's get into Oscar Bob. Um, <laughs> yeah. His name is just so fun to say. Keep in mind, guys, when we text about Oscar Bob, Bob is B O O B O B B
1: in all caps. And it's auto. It's auto. auto- <laughs> into all caps of both our phones, somehow. It's <laughs> crazy. And, you know, one thing I praised Oscar Bob uh, was I think it was two or three episodes ago where I really liked his creativity. Um, but when he came in uh off the left wing for doku we saw a lot of movement mm-hmm. uh from him that i did not see previously
0: well it's because i think he was able to operate with kevin de bruyne and de bruyne and, and who's one of the like just brings it out of people because if you have any kind of skill you have to play to is close to your highest level to keep up with kdb yeah
1: and pep said it best in his post postgame uh, interview he said um kdb is not just a talent nothing to do with tactics he is just all talent and uh and he, honestly he was the man of the match and he only played what 20 minutes 23 mm-hmm. minutes and and that goes right into that goal where he plays a chip through ball into the final third and Bob has the touch of a god and he literally does a le- he goes from his left foot to go around the keeper to his right and finish it and i was blown away. Matt what was your thoughts on the goal? <laughs> I
0: jumped up because this is the game that i actually watched straight through no interruptions just because of the placement on the on the di- on the weekend. Yeah. All the other games had stuff that made it not a little like I had to catch pieces of it like we'll get into in the late the games of the today. But mm-hmm. I was just excited for Oscar Bob. I really was hoping for a draw in this game yep. or city a Manchester City loss, just because for my team to continue in the title race, if you know, we'll get into that late next week. For but, sure, for sure. Um, but I was just
1: excited for Oscar Bob, yeah. man. He's, young player he's, out of the academy. You can just see the potential that there's mm-hmm. a player there. And it who's that the,
0: other young man they have that um, was really coming into his own, too? He has, a, like, a fro. Rico Lewis. Yeah, Rico Lewis. Yeah,
1: and, like, their... Their they, academy. They got Cole, Palm, Cole Palmer out of the City Academy. who's now at Chelsea... Uh, you have um, what's that face for, man? No, no, my oh, okay. bad. My brain just shut down. I was. Uh, <laughs> I, I I thought you meant that was not true. Okay. No, no, no,
0: you're right. Cole Palmer was from the city academy. <laughs> but like but, yeah. now,
1: we're starting to see these Pep products, where obviously he's not coaching the academy yeah. teams, but his assistant the, coaches. The
0: academy is bending to Pep.
1: Exactly. Creative players who necessarily aren't built and strong, but they have a bunch of technical ability, like Phil Foden. Um, now, oh, before- Foden came out of the academy too. Yeah. yeah. And so let's 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 go. I have a problem with City right now in defensively. Uh, okay, let's we, go over it. So, I don't like and this is much like what Chelsea's doing with Levi Colwill, we'll jump into that in the Fulham game. Vardyol playing left back for City is starting to become an exposure for them. Um, and if you looked at the opportunities Newcastle had when they counterattacked, outside of that one Gordon opportunity down the left flank, um, Outside of that Gordon opportunity down the left flank, everything was going down the right side over Vardyol's head or through Vardyol. And Doku's on the right, right? Well, this is for City. City's okay. Um He was like 100 million for for City in the summer, and um, Almiron would just pay outpace Vardyol every single mm. time down that right flank. I need. I, I think City need to invest on the left back in in, in this window. Um, maybe they inevitably inevitably win the league anyways, but. There is a weakness there in the City team that I'm starting to see. Well, I think all the teams, the top
0: four, have a weakness. Yeah. And, I, and, and I'm glad the City has a weakness because we see the Liverpool has a weakness, Arsenal, and um, Villa have a weakness. Yeah. So especially if... if
1: Spurs right now have a weakness. If you're I think t- that's the top five, right? Yeah. If you're a team in Villa... Yeah. If you're a team I will La- include Villa. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you're a team in the low block, if you primarily play a low block, like, I don't know, if, let's say you're Fulham, for example, or... I guess Newcastle yesterday, I would be looking to expose that right flank. Um, Unless they get a true left back that is positionally aware, I don't think Vardio as a left back should continue uh, because he is one of the best center backs in the world, and he has yet to play center back. And Ruben Diaz is now getting caught out in Ake as well because of Vardio getting exposed down the right flank. So just something to keep an eye on Mm -hmm. over the next couple weeks, um, especially in the transfer window. Matt, I did forget to mention to you. I did take some screenshots of our, our transfer uh, rumors, well, so before we... We'll do that before stoppage time. Perfect. And then um, for Newcastle, I have a question for you. Shoot. Lots of losses lately for Newcastle. I've asked you this question a lot of times now. Eddie Howe. Talk to me about Eddie Howe. Are you convinced? Are you still thinking he uh, can get this team into Europe at least by the end of the season? Or I'm not convinced. Well... I'm not convinced he can get into the Europa League or the Champions League. Mm-hmm. I am
0: convinced he could get into the Europa Conference. Okay, um, it just depends on how because unfortunately he may have hurt his own chances in getting into Europe by just not. Well, actually, I'm not. I'm not trying to pick on him. I'm going to include Manchester United in this because both of those teams finishing dead in their groups has affected yeah. the champion or the European spots for sure. Um, now he's counting on Liverpool, Villa, Brighton, and who's the other team in the Europa Conference?
1: Um, Brighton, West Ham
0: is in there. West Ham, thank yeah. you. In the non-Champions League, yeah. he's counting on Arsenal, City, and those four teams to make it so he can get into Europe. Yeah. And, and Villa somewhere in there as no, well. No, Villa. Yeah, I said Villa. I just couldn't remember West Ham. Gotcha. That's who it was.
1: It's 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 crazy right now because it seems like. Newcastle with the form that they're in and the uh, the constant uh, injury lapses that they're having, along with them being exhausted at the end of games, I think he needs to adjust his game management if he wants Newcastle to start getting wins. So, I don't... My thing is
0: with um, Howe is... I know he's not going to get fired till the end of the season. For sure. I agree. Um, and he shouldn't be. He shouldn't, he be. shouldn't be. I just... I think that you need to start asking questions because if they're going to play by financial fair play rules, they don't have as much resources left to be able to bring in players. Especially if they don't get into Europe. Yeah, if they don't get into Europe, they need the revenue, even from something as minuscule as the Europa Conference League. Mm -hmm. uh, Because you still get TV revenue. I know that that helped West Ham, in addition to the rice sale, be able to... But bring in all the players that are now changing the way they play. Because it may only be like you get like 45 million, but that's a player. That's a player you can bring in that can help you accomplish so much. Um, And if you get into Europe, it's a player and a half. You get in the Champions League, it's one Declan Rice or two other players.
1: Matt? What are your final thoughts on the Man City Newcastle game?
0: Honestly, if we end up doing our favorite games of the season, this, um, this is sure. got, probably going to be in the top 10. I agree. I don't know where it'll be and I don't know what's coming. Yeah. Um sure. and we all ring both will bring our biases into our selections, but this would definitely be it was one of the more entertaining games of the season for me.
1: For sure. I agree. Uh, my final thoughts on the game is um, Newcastle, despite them looking having great performances, they are still man- managing to capitalize on their goals. So that is a positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and as for City, as the more they get healthy with the consistency of KDB and they get uh, Holland at the end of the month,
0: and on that, like I said, with Luton earlier in the season, them being able to lose these and they're losing by one goal mm-hmm. is helpful to them because they're competing against teams. Yep. To get up, and one of them is Manchester United who say, has a negative five goal difference. Right Unless this changes right now, yeah. it could be go up one or down one because we're still recording during the final embers of the Manchester United game. But um, if they tie them on points, they're going to jump them ahead because they also demol yeah, they had that demolishing when they were good at the early part of the season, just demolished Villa. Yeah, uh, that's a great point, Matt. Um, but let's get on to yeah. our um, relegation. Uh, cage match
1: for sure credit to city uh jumping all the way back to friday uh we have burnley at home drawing luton one-to-one matt i want to start with the xg 1.5 for burnley 0.97 for luton i would say in the retrospect of the game i'd say it's about right very close uh she's a little
0: off i have 1.43 for burnley 1.1 for luton gotcha but from the same
1: area but um yeah, I my notes on this game is I thought this game looked exhausting for both sides uh it was a proper relegation mm-hmm. fight teams that hate each other in the in the champ from the championship days it's it was a proper game uh let's let's cut actually I was gonna say let's cut to the to the drama but let's jump into the Burnley goal umdooney uh, continues to be in great form was it umdooney that put it away yeah it was yeah uh, continues to be the best player of the season for Burnley. Uh, we're going to go into great the tr- cross to him for that little tap in exactly, and we'll jump into who they got on loan uh, in that segment as well. But hopefully, they can provide a little bit of uh, a flexibility for for company's side because they need help. Um, now let's get right into it, Matt. Set me up with your question about the the Luton goal. So
0: the Luton goal. Uh, had a VAR check that took up one-third of the um, recap of this game I watched. Do you think that the Burnley keeper was bumped? I say he was. I was surprised the goal stood. So, Paco
1: agrees with me. If I yeah. could pick that up with our microphone. <laughs> company is not a pimp, but he is getting hoed this season, my friend. <laughs> Is that your Drake line you're talking about? <laughs> yeah. He is not a pimp, but he's getting you going to pop hooded. half a Sandy on a flight? Yeah, stop. <laughs> uh, <but> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's all good. But, yeah, he, he's getting hoed this season, man. Constant DAR decisions going against him. I completely oh, yeah. agree with you and Paco. Uh, as a goalie, if you can tell um, Trafford was literally just about to jump for the ball. And it literally looks like Decore shields him from about to be going up for it. That is obstruction for one. Which is something they've reviewed mm-hmm. all season. That's mm-hmm. uh, disallowed a bunch of goals. Yeah, last season
0: Ben White got hit for just by slapping his hand. Exactly,
1: and they're disallowing goals for people mm-hmm. being in the eye side of goal. Yeah. for for being in the way. I just could
0: well. So I'm rooting for Luton, and that goal I was like, it shouldn't stand. But at the same time, I'm like, well, Luton needed a point, yep. but they needed the win more than the point for this, sure anything other than a win really hurt them because they need to separate themselves
1: from Burnley. I agree. And they're not doing that. Well, the draw, I I think, was very lucky for Luton. It was lucky for him because they shouldn't have gotten that goal. Yeah, (laughs) And like I said, that's obstruction for one. And two, it's a foul. Uh, At the end of the day, it is a foul on the goalkeeper. When the goalie is uh, uh, going up for a ball, they have to move out the way or they at least need to give him an opportunity to catch it. He got neither. Um, What I have to say is... Luton is now what? They still have four points, and we'll go over the table before they're, we end the. Segment. They're one behind Everton, was Everton gets the draw later Get the on. draw, uh, so they're four points ahead of Burnley now. Uh, so they are still managing that space between the two teams. Mm-hmm. Question for you: Is there any hope for company side, or are you thinking they're really going to? They might be the team to go down this season because we had a lot of hope for Burnley uh, before the season started. Now, I'm going to be honest with you,
0: man. I, I this will tie into my stoppage time question for mm-hmm. you, but. I am worried about Burnley. I think they are not – they aren't showing sparks like Luton is. Mm-hmm. They're getting wins, but they, you watch some of the Luton games, and they may not win them, but they're giving these top For sure. seven teams like cause to fear them. Burnley's not giving that to them. Yeah. You don't go to um, the Luton That's Stadium. Or, uh, or, you're talking about Luton Stadium. Yeah, you don't sorry. go to Kenworth Row? I don't know. Luton's oh. ground <laughs> yeah. without as a big team without thinking. Oh my God, City almost got done here. Oh my God, Arsenal almost got done here. Yeah. Liverpool got a draw here. Yeah, um, you know what I mean. So it's like Burnley doesn't fill me with that. They don't have that. When you come here, you're gonna play. You got to play. Yeah, you can't just run
1: over us. We're not. And Burnley have a lot of great windows of opportunities that they have, but they never capitalize on it. And if they did, they would be a much more uh, threatening side to play against. But I agree with you, man. Uh,
0: And also the thing that I think also hurt them is that Bournemouth just blew up like a rocket, which we were both glad about. But it also means that now they're having to scrap with teams like um, Crystal Palace, Brentford, Everton. And you don't
1: want to be in a relegation battle with Deitch, man, Yo, towards the end of the season.
0: <laughs> no, sir. Um, their former manager. Yeah. But um, ultimately my thoughts on this game were Burnley were screwed and Bluton were lucky, but Luton didn't get what they needed.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, but a great game. Like I said, it looked exhausting by the time the game was over. Uh, I bet for the fans at Burnley as well, especially the way it ended. Let's go ahead and jump into the Saturday slate. Or the one game on Saturday outside the Manchester City game. Chelsea at home defeating Fulham 1-0. Matt, what were your thoughts on the game?
0: I was happy for you. I looking at the xG I couldn't believe like because I, I, I didn't get to watch this game live. Mm-hmm. I took Paco for a long walk and I came back and I was watching the highlights and Chelsea just looked like they were just unstoppable with it. like they I'm showing 2.5 2.05 xG. And Fulham just didn't look like they con- did anything. This didn't look like the Fulham... that They did rotate four players. This didn't look like the Fulham just just stomped out Arsenal.
1: Yeah. Uh, Fulham's I best- was
0: worried about you if that Fulham showed up.
1: Yeah, that, that, exactly. And um, there was two types... Uh, uh, two opportunities in each half that Fulham had where they maybe should have capitalized. One being a cross from Anthony Robinson with his ugly hair to Harry Wilson in the first half. That should have been finished, but Petrovic made a good save. And then the second half with Raul Jimenez... Uh, with a striker's goal, you would think where he places it, bottom corner. Petrovic made another great save. I thought he had a great game. I think when Robert Sanchez comes back, Pochettino has to really consider who the true number one goalkeeper is going forward. Into um, the game itself, uh, I don't know why everyone is disappointed with Chelsea or Chelsea fans are disappointed in the team because they're just never happy. You know, they're expecting a 4 0 win every every game. That's the problem. Like
0: both our fan bases are pretty spoiled. Yeah, exactly. Um, and ours is spoiled from twenty years ago and yours is spoiled from just recently. <laughs> yeah.
1: Now, I wanna I wanna let you know something. So I was on the ESPN app yesterday because I was interested. Yep. You know, <laughs> I was interested to see when the last time Chelsea won a one-nil game. Now it doesn't let me go back to last season. Mm-hmm. Chelsea have not won one nil all season. And I think that is something huge to take away because that shows the lack of experience that Chelsea have had. Uh, in terms of them yeah. not being able to finish off games. It
0: seems like you guys either blow it out or you run up a lead and then just
1: wait for the other team to snatch it back. Exactly. So at least in the Premier League, a 1-0, yeah. a 1-0 yeah, yeah. defeating another team. And I think that's huge because it's showing that this team is it's starting. Maturing. Exactly. And although Fulham, uh, the last five minutes, I was shaking in my boots because they've uh, Chelsea made two terrible fouls. They wanted to counterattack instead of slowing the game down which again shows the lack of experience. But Fulham uh, did not get a clear-cut opportunity in those last five minutes, which shows that the defense is maturing. It shows that the midfield, Caicedo and Enzo, were uh, were um, very uh, in the trenches with the team. I'm starting to figure out what the key to this team is, and it is Moises Caicedo. Um, was
0: my question for you in this game is, are Chelsea starting to gel? Because I only watched the chopped up yeah. version of it, but it looked like the team was starting to play like a team. yeah.
1: And if you go back to the midweek with Middlesbrough, everyone would say no. But if you're going over a two-leg span... Middlesbrough, was that at Middlesbrough? Yes. Yeah, that, That's a tough place to play, yeah, man. And yeah. Cole Palmer had three opportunities that I was texting yeah, you that I'm he should have finished. That's like going to
0: Sunderland, man, or I'm not, it's, Newcastle. It's, it's that, frigid. It's on
1: the water up there. I'm like, nah. Two things. You're playing, one, Michael Carrick, who is an experienced manager in terms of he was an interim manager for United when he played Chelsea last season, and he drawed us. So he already knows kind of like... The, the prince of the golden generation right there. <laughs> yeah. And then also this Middlesbrough team, I was looking at their average age, they're experienced. And if you, if they get a lucky goal, what like, is their average age actually? It was around like 28, I think. Okay. A little bit older than you guys. Yeah. A little is an understatement, but yeah. Well, sorry, you take you out take Bernardo Tiago, Silva, Tiago Silva, Tiago Silva and then you guys are like, what, <laughs> five 22? Years old. Yeah, five. Yeah. <laughs> But they're much more experienced, and when they got that goal, they locked down, they were organized, they were hard to break down, and that's something Chelsea, if they were like City, they would be scoring four goals, but... We're not at that point where we can break down a low block like that.
0: But you guys need points, and that's what you got. And ultimately, because you're now four defeated at home in the Premier League, and that's what you need to do is start making – either make yourselves the team that people don't want to come to your ground or make yourselves a a ground that people don't want to go to.
1: Exactly, and that's the first time. And you guys haven't had that this entire season. Four at-home wins in a row is the first time in the last three and a half years. So regardless of what you guys are saying about Pochettino and how bad the team is playing – we haven't had four wins in a row at home in three and a half years. That's that's before Tuchel, and Tuchel is my guy. Like I, I won't get into my depression of when we lost him, but it, that that shows that there is something to that. That Stamford Bridge might actually starting to be making a turn, and mm-hmm. we'll have to see going forward because our next Premier League game is against Liverpool. Um, at the end of the month it's going to be tough to see so we'll have to see chelsea in the midweek against middlesbrough in the second but you league. guys also get up for those
0: big games yeah, that's true. so that could be that you guys are starting to gel and you have that youthful like
1: we got to do this kind of thing yeah um there is a small window it's a very small percentage chance but chelsea does have an opportunity to get into a europa league or champions league spot it's a very small percentage but there's a chance um but credits chelsea uh, fulham it just really depends on which Fulham team yeah. they're getting. They're, I'd say they're a proper mid-table side, if if you were to ask me. But um, they
0: reminded me of Crystal Palace from a few years ago. Exactly. Where if it was their night, they were going to punch you in the jaw. Yeah. If it wasn't their night, you're going to win 3-0. Exactly. And you just never know what you're going <laughs> to run into. Right out of the
1: money. And and Fulham haven't beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge since 1979. So A proper West London derby. Yep. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into the Sunday slate here. First game of the window uh, at 7 a.m. Arizona time. The Night King versus the Red
0: Mourinho, the Ginger <laughs> Mourinho to steal from Men of Blazers.
1: I was wondering where you're going with that. I like it. 0-0. Uh, zero zero. Oh, I didn't
0: invent it. I took that from uh, Roger Bennett from Men of Blazers.
1: Gotcha. Nil nil. Everton at home drawing Aston Villa. Uh, I, I, I gotta say, I was watching the highlights because I was not up in time for this game. I was actually kind of entertained by these highlights. I thought um, DCL should have put his opportunity away. Dan Juma played a perfect outside the foot through ball uh, against Villa's high line, and DCL one on one with Emmy Martinez. Emmy Martinez won that battle. I think again, Emmy Martinez was probably man of the match because he made some huge saves for for Villa. What were your thoughts on? The so game? I got
0: to watch this in pieces. I got to watch it while I was getting up and ready to walk. Paco, our third co-host, mm-hmm. and I got to watch it when I got back when yep. he decided he had to retreat into his little doggy bed because it was cold outside. Um, but ultimately, this game to me was a proper back and forth game. Everton wobbled, but they didn't break.
1: Yep, and I'd say the same they for. Bent, v- but they didn't break, and I'd say the same for Villa. Mm-hmm. Um, Emmy Martinez came up big. Are we, again, we're asking questions that we're starting to see cracks in this Villa side, but they're managing mm-hmm. to get away with points. Both
0: these teams basically were putting their fingers in holes and it was a prop, oh, sorry, it was a pause.
1: Pause.
0: Go ahead. Like I meant the little <laughs> kid and putting his finger in no, the no dam. No, you can't follow it up with little kid. Go ahead. Go uh, ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. Um... They were basically both putting out fires. Yeah. <laughs> they were no uh, tactically in the game in real time, noticing where they were starting to, to yeah. show cracks and having a guy run over there and blaster it. Thank it God. was a great tactical I hate to say, tactical masterclass from Sean Deitch and, yeah. and the Night King. It was, the Night it King was... kept hammering on the wall, and he would not... But he would
1: not give in. Now Moreno had a goal called back off of a corner uh, that he buried. I thought that was a great goal, but it was called offside. And also, Longley was tugging on on Danjuma's shirt. There's something I don't. So go ahead,
0: guys. I'm not a big fan of Jordan Pickford. It just he gives me mini heart attacks. He always looks like he's furious about everything. Talks way too much. And too. he ran out of his box at. I don't remember when this was in the game because I was watching this game in different spots because I had to do things this morning. Because right. I can't. torture an animal by leaving him side.
1: You guys got to realize if you live in Europe and you're watching and you're listening to our podcast, we don't get to work our nine to five job and come home and watch football. And and to me, it's one of the more depressing things because I get to come home and watch the Jets versus the Patriots on a Thursday night game. Like, like there's, this is why I wish we were in Europe with you guys because we would love to talk ball directly. Oh, after I love
0: being at a pub pre-game, getting to watch the other matches. Yeah, and just with fans of the team you support or the team you're just going to watch yeah. that day.
1: And oh. you're and you're able to collect your thoughts a little bit more about yeah. these games. For us guys, we 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 don't have a window during the week where we can meet up uh, yeah. after work because of our it's, opposite schedules and. It's 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 a little depressing for me, but I, I we love the game so much that we like talking it with you guys, and we continue to to uh, increase our knowledge of it. But go back into the game. What I was saying with Pickford yeah. was he
0: left his box. At, I don't remember what point in the game this was. Mm-hmm. It, it must have been in the first oh, quarter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so it he must sprinted have been,
1: like twenty yards. Yeah,
0: months. I'm like, I'm like. I'm, I'm putting on my socks and I look up and I see him run and I'm like, what are you doing?
1: And the, and the Everton center back is clearly going to get the ball yeah. up, but Pickford's still like, oh, I got it! And he runs into like, his own teammate. I, I don't want Everton to go down. They're a fixture in the top flight. Guys, we don't want any team to go down, personally. But yeah. I mean, Sheffield, you can hold that.
0: But Well, there's one team I want to go down but they're never going to go down. So
1: yeah, fair, <laughs> fair. But I, I'm with you, man. Pickford does have questionable decision yeah. making. He and is, then he
0: was like mad at the center back when you're like you're the one not doing what you're supposed to do.
1: Right. Every, He's the micromanager of the goalies, man. Pick, Pickford's like Emmy Martinez on roids like yeah. in terms in terms of his personality. Yeah. Like he is just so much more rambunctious mm-hmm. and vulgar and it seems like every time he makes a save he just and screams that haircut his
0: when he gets mad it bobs up and down and he makes looks him like, look like a rooster. He looks like a proper dickhead sometimes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but, Jordan. <laughs> Uh, but, but
0: you just you triggered me this morning, and you <laughs> as a goalkeeper too. I'm just like, if I played, I played sweeper center back, yeah. I would have been just terrified yeah. if I saw like I have control, I'm in control of this play, and my goalie just runs out like I got it. I'm like no, stay in your box, man. I got this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and and you know, I would say credit to Everton, but I felt like they should have walked away with uh, three points. Yeah. I feel like they had a little bit more clear cut opportunities, but. I'd say if you're Everton, you need any point you can get and you, yeah. you tie tied Especially th- when you just barely had a Luton at this point. Exactly. And they barely, and, and, and you're walking away with points against one of the best teams in the league this season. Mm-hmm. So credit to Everton. Um, so do you want to take our break and then get to the final game just so we can check some scores and stuff? Yeah. Uh, do well, you want to do the table recap? Well, I mean, I'm ready to talk about the United game. Okay. You know. Let's get into it. So when I watched this game, guys, the first goal, I was on the shitter. Okay. I was waking up. I was still brushing my teeth, you know. But the ladies, like, I was like, i text the lady while I was in the bathroom. I was like, hey, can you turn on Peacock? You know, get this game up for me. All I hear in the background is you, the uh, Old Trafford going absolutely mm. berserk. Matt, walk through. It was me a through. beautiful goal. Yeah, walk
0: me through. I don't goal, even man. remember what happened because I think I was coming back from, like, getting a, a drink or something. Yeah. And I turn around and I see, I don't remember how the ball got to Garnacho, but I remember this beautiful little kick. Or he just gets it right into the right into the well, goal. It was,
1: was Hoysland So the Rashford, I, I believe it was a cross from Rashford, is what I heard. But oh wait it was, a minute! I, it was, oh, it was Hojland? Yeah, it was Hoyland Not who bad. actually finished it in the third okay. minute. Um, now into the game itself, and and, and so Garnacho hit it to yeah, maybe I thought it was a ball from Rashford. I don't know, oh, okay. guys. Again, I was in the bathroom, but I just know Hoysland put it away. Um, I just sworn it was Garnacho. <laughs> but, yeah, that's yeah, all right. Okay, <laughs> it's all good now. We talked it was about, too early of a goal, let's put it that way. We talked about this last week, and what we talked about was Ten Hag is a big game manager, and Bostokoglu also, in his moments, can be a big game manager. And in my opinion, I thought this was a great game. Two-to-two uh, two draw at home. We got the results we wanted for our teams. Yeah. <laughs> what was your thoughts on the corner? Because it kind of looked a little scrappy for Richarlison's goal. I don't know if you remember that yes. in the first half. Um but it was a proper uh, striker's goal, I would say, if you're if you're a big man in the box, except for I thought the corner was just kind of um, it was a little scummy because it, it was like it was crowded around the box. Onana did not want to come out and take it and, and own it, so it was more of like a Richarlison finish. So um, very lucky, in my opinion, that first goal, but. We jump into the second goal, which was Marcus Rashford's finish. I thought the buildup, and I think Hojland and Rashford are starting to actually build a great chemistry between the two players.
0: So before we move on from Richarlison, so my little brother, Tom, or younger brother, sorry, not my little brother, he saw Richarlison on the the TV screen pre-match. He goes, oh man, that guy looks really tough.
1: Oh my God. And then he
0: sees him play and he goes, oh my God, that guy's a dork. (laughs) He goes. He takes good pictures, but he moves like a door. He looks like a bobblehead. Again, guys, disclaimer. Uh, yeah, disclaimer. This is my little brother who barely understands the the game at all, and he but he he
1: had never <laughs> seen Richarlison before, <laughs> which is kind of funny because I feel like that's like. Not a perfect representation, but like Richarlison does come off as like a tough guy, yeah. but like he doesn't play that way in yeah. the game, so I thought that was a great He goes, the, celeb-
0: the celebration, he literally goes, oh my god, that guy's a dork.
1: Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, dude. <laughs> now, I just saw the first highlight of that Hoijun goal, and it was actually a left-footed finish from Hoijun, which was actually oh. very nice, and then into the actual, man, there's a couple of opportunities for Spurs here, so... We get the replays
0: going on mute, guys, just to the side of us while yeah. we're talking about it.
1: Now tactically when you were watching the game did you notice anything from each side that may have leaned towards one or the other winning because it looks like on xg they were very close uh one point was the xgs yeah it was 0.92 for united mm-hmm. so they scored two goals from 0.92 xg which is insane and then tottenham had 1.31 so it was actually a very close contested game from what you were seeing did you feel like it was a deserved draw Yes, and what I saw was
0: that they really enjoyed having Vanderban back.
1: Yes, Um yes.
0: They then they also have a center back and the new guy Drake
1: We'll get we'll get into okay. that later. Yeah, who but came off the bench? Yeah,
0: for a team that since for what like for almost a month and a half now has been just struggling with their defense. Yeah, to finally have players that can run and can maintain their high line, and they don't have to worry about it coming down to a Romero explosion yeah. to cost them a match. I thought that that to me was what stood out. That this was the Spurs that was you saw in the first um, five matches of the season. That I was like, and we'll get into biting my my teeth on. They're sort of back. They see Madison back now, um, and that will be next month most
1: likely. And we'll get into my stoppage time question revolving Spurs and Liverpool in particular. Mm -hmm. Um, Now. I just saw, the again, the replay of the Rashford goal, and it backs my point that there's chemistry building between these two players in Hoagland and Rashford. I thought that was a great goal by Rashford. Yeah, it seems like Rashford's starting to get his confidence back. Uh, he is starting to uh, put away his chances that we didn't see him put away earlier in the season. Um, and then Tottenham actually equalized while I was on my way over. Do you remember what that Tottenham goal was like?
0: No, I was getting the, the podcast ready
1: um, for recording at that point. Gotcha. So it looks like there's... I think this was still in the... Yeah, team owner. Yeah. Well, Matt, what was your final thoughts going forward for both sides? Um, do you think United needs some sort of investment in January uh, to continue to maybe sneak a spot into Europe, or do you think maybe they can hold off and make it till the end of the season and still qualify for Europe? So with United,
0: I' am not sure they need investments. I'm not. I don't follow them long enough. But they know that Lissandro Martinez and Casemiro yep. were back on the bench. Yep. Great point. So. I think that them getting their players back from injury, um, one of the Arsenal podcasts I listen to, they go, oh, he's like a new signing.
1: Yeah.
0: I think that them getting the butcher back and allowing them to play more of that high line they like will benefit them moving forward. They may not need investment. Yeah, They may just need to get players that they paid for back.
1: Gotcha. And I'm looking at this third goal and all the hate. So I'm going to get into Timo over Who scored it? It was. It looked like it was Loselso or Ben Tinker, one of those two players. Now yeah, I'm gonna get into Go on your Timo Werner rant because uh, okay, I'll, I'll say I don't really I'll, have an opinion on Werner. Yeah, so let me just say this, guys. So Timo Werner completed his move as a loan with a option to buy to Spurs from Leipzig, and former Chelsea, yes, yes <laughs> Champions League winner with Chelsea. What pisses me off about the commentators in this game is Timo Werner missed an opportunity, and like the the main guy, not the guy that's usually with Peter Drury, he's mm. like ah, like he's back at Chelsea again. You motherfucker, dude. You motherfucker. <laughs> Can I can I just spit some facts real quick? Let's just cook, sir. Thank you. The so, kitchen's yours. Me and Bobber sit back and wait for our play. So what we're talking about? Oh, he's back at his Chelsea days. Can I just clarify who? How bad Chelsea have been with their attackers? So Werner, in his all the way through January 16th of 2021, when he first signed the club, so 2020-21 season through J, this exact, pretty much almost the exact same date, he had nine goals and assists. Okay, that is more than Mudrik. That is more than Sterling, and only behind Cold Palmer and Nico Jackson. So, for as bad as everyone's and Nico
0: saying. Nico got a hat trick against a depleted Sterling. Yeah, you first. take that
1: hat trick away, he probably has more than him.
0: And if you. A nine man Spurs. Sorry, I mean, keep cooking, man. I'm just adding to your. I'm just adding <laughs> you ingredients.
1: I'm handing you the sage. <laughs> handing you the bar. The basil. I saw a dude named Carefree Lewis G, a Chelsea fan, saying he sucks. You motherfucker, dude. This guy's a Champions League winner with us. It doesn't matter if he sucked or not. This guy contributed to Chelsea getting to the Champions League final. He scored a header against Real Madrid in the semi final. So I'm tired of the disrespect that Werner gets. Although he didn't have a great spell at Chelsea and he missed a lot of opportunities. Everything else that Werner did outside of scoring was incredible. The off-ball movement, he had a lot of assist, and he made a lot of great uh, uh, passing into the final third, which we were lacking at the time. If you look at who the best players under Tuchel were in that spell that Tuchel was there for, Werner's top. Yeah, he's either first or he's top three, and he's in that conversation uh, behind like the defense that we had, obviously, which was you know great during that time. But in terms of attack, he was probably one of our best players. Um, so I'm, I'm tired of the disrespect that Werner's been getting because he is. He he. In my opinion, he's one of the nicer guys in football. Do you know how he was performing in Leipzig? So Leipzig, he hasn't been doing great. Uh, he was actually more so coming off the bench uh, this earlier in the season. He started, but as Xavi Simons or Zavi Sim Savi Simons, maybe uh, loan from PSG. He's actually a very good player who's uh, been an outbreak this season. Werner kind of lost his spot. Okay, but if you look at Werner in this Spurs side. I haven't seen a better fit for an attacker. Before. I wasn't happy when he did the, the yeah. deal.
0: I mean, as somebody who's a fan of the other team, I'm just like, oh yeah. With yay. how
1: with how direct Spurs play and his movement and how fast he is, when I think that's great cover for when Sun and 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 Madison come back. Well, I, not it, to mention
0: the Kore- the South Korean team is favorites to win the Asia Cup. They may be go- He
1: may be gone for a whole month. Exactly. And. Listen, I'm not saying Werner's going to be son while he's gone. And I'm not no, saying he's going to be great while Sun is gone. If but you're playing Moneyball,
0: he's a great fit
1: to replace him. Yeah, and you can't just In, rely on Brian Gill, which we love Brian Gill. I'd say, you know, if he does anything insane little towards little the, the end. hipster. Yeah, our, our little, our little, uh, little uh, hipster friend. Yeah, he looks like he's from the Beatles. So yeah. I, you can't rely on a young Brian Gill to, to get you over the hump, uh, especially if you want to make Europe or even compete for a title, which is part of my stoppage time question. Go ahead.
0: So, actually, do you want to get into transfers now, or do you want to do it after break? It's up to you. Okay. Well, let's cover the table. Yeah. Um, are you done cooking? Because uh, me and Paco enjoyed that meal.
1: Yeah. Uh, but I'm just final thought mm-hmm. is, uh, Chelsea fans, don't disrespect someone that's contributed to the club, and this goes actually for all teams. For someone that's won you a trophy, don't disrespect them. Yeah. Regardless the thing, of how they play.
0: That's the thing that rubbed me the wrong way from your fan base about, Haberts, um, kind of too. too was it was just like guys he won you the Champions League Werner got him there and then he won you the league now I know he didn't play as well as you guys like now I don't think he finished that well that year in the the league but as somebody who's a fan of a team that is the lowest ranked team in European competition in London I would I would bite my own hand off for a Champions League right now.
1: If if you got Kai Havertz and he won you a Champions League and then was trash afterwards, you still show respect. Oh yeah, cuz he delivered for you. And same with Werner, he Who's that Russian guy that
0: are Arsh- like um Arshavin? Like, he didn't win us a trophy, but he had that four-goal performance yep. against Liverpool. And we still have a Sarshaven song that I've heard, like, people try to start.
1: And a lot of people gave hate to Werner. He's like, cool, he made an off-ball run against against City in the Champions League final. If he doesn't make that off-ball run, we don't score that opportunity, yeah. you goofies. You absolute goofy buffoons. And he yeah. scored in, against Real Madrid in the semifinal where we were not favored. So it's like, all right, I'm done. But just give respect to players after they contribute to a trophy. No, no.
0: Hey, I got you, man. (laughs) Hey, No, I get where you're coming from, man. But, dude, dude, let's hit hit the table.
1: So, uh, bottom three, same, no changes. Uh, Sheffield uh, with nine points. Burnley with a game in hand over Luton with 12 points. And Luton still in that uh, 18th place with 16 points. Uh, Everton is still only one point above. And Luton have that game in hand. Who's right above um, Everton? That would be Brentford with 19 points. So, Tony, my friend, you're coming back. We hope you could save this club because it's not looking good. No. Uh, We jump into the European uh, top four race. Arsenal with 40 points with the game in hand. Paco's ready for some lunch, so after Mm -hmm. we do the table, we'll we'll, we'll jump to it. Um, Arsenal's in fourth place with 40 points with the game in hand. Villa with 43 points tied with City uh, for second place, but City still have a game in hand. And then to round out the top of the league, two points in first, two points ahead in the first place spot is Liverpool with twenty games played. Who's in
0: fifth? Are, 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 are yep. Spurs at forty? So and they're S- behind Arsenal goal diff.
1: Yep, Spurs with 20, 21 games played, forty points. So they are tied with Arsenal, but they have, Arsenal have a game in hand. But who has the goal differential on that? You you guys, come on. Okay, come I was on. just ch- no no. I, come on, I am just
0: kidding.
1: Spurs have scored
0: a lot of goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I just wasn't sure because I know that. Um, Arsenal Visions Elliott Smith was really worried that yeah. Spurs are gonna win this game and jump us.
1: As I'm looking at this, I have a lot of stoppage time questions, but I'll ask one more last question for you yeah. really quickly. West Ham is in sixth place right now with 34 points with 20 games played. Do we think they can sustain the edge of a Champions League Europa League spot to the end of the season? Yes. Okay. On that note, guys, we are going to take our break and we'll be right back with you for the
0: All right, guys. We are back to preview the second half of week 21. Up first, we got Palace Visiting Arsenal.
1: Very, very uh, important game for Arsenal, I'd say. Um, It's a tinderbox. Yeah, after the loss to Fulham, uh, this is a very crucial game, uh, but a game I think Arsenal will deliver. They had a a much-needed break, and I think it came at the perfect time for them. I think they get back to winning ways. I'm going to go with a 2-0 comfortable win for the Goons.
0: 1-0 to the Arsenal. There you go. (laughs) That's
1: what I'm going with. I gotcha. What's the next game, man?
0: All right, next up. So these are both the Saturday games. Uh, Forest at Brentford. Ooh
1: uh Nuno bounce has been crazy lately uh Nuno uh, Nottingham Force like a totally different side and I remember uh Gibbs White had mentioned it looks like we have a little bit more structure uh with Nuno so that's good to see um go ahead
0: well, <laughs> is so I did this I assume for some reason Tony was back
1: no he I think he is going to be back okay I think your prediction is still I don't know what it is but it, two your, to your, one to the bees okay that's fair um I think with the Nuno bounce, I'm going to agree with you. Two uh, one to the bees only because of Tony and Bueno and Wisa now having their uh, usual front three that they're mm-hmm. used to. Quick note: in the uh, under uh, Brentford's under twenty one or twenty under twenty three team had a behind closed doors friendly against Aston Villa or, or West Ham or something. Again, it's under twenty three. Mm-hmm. Tony had like a hat trick in like twenty minutes. So. A little scary for for the uh, for Tony coming back, but they are really down at the league. But they need points, so they do. Uh, I'm with you, two to one of the bees. Unless somebody pays 100 million form, yeah. that's
0: what Brentford's alleged rumors is: is yeah. that if somebody pays 100 mil, they'll let him go. It'd have to be an outrageous offer. Yeah. All right. So that takes care of Saturday. So now we got two games on Sunday. First up, we have West Ham visiting Sheffield United.
1: I can only see this going one way. Uh, as we just discussed right before the break, uh, West Ham is in flying form right now, and. You know, I think if and they're getting uh, both their wingers back too, I was gonna say if Kudus is back, it's it's gonna be dominant. I'm gonna go with a uh, I'm not I'm not dominant, well dominant, but the scoreline won't reflect it. I think it'll be two nil to to the. To I'm the Hammers. going
0: one nil to the Hammers. Yeah. I just
1: think that Hig- uh, Sheffield has a ground
0: that is sort of intimidating. Yeah,
1: and you're right. I forgot my my boy, the boy uh, Blades of Wilder. You know, he, mm-hmm. he has had uh, Sheffield playing a lot better recently, so we could actually see a very tough uh, a tough Sheffield side come out, especially after the break as well.
0: Yeah, and then uh, the other game on Sunday is Liverpool at Bournemouth. I'm being respectful to your side here. I, my prediction is Liverpool 1-0. Yeah. I think Liverpool will win, but I think the...
1: Um, sorry if anyone lost their hearing there. Sorry, guys. <laughs> just decided to punch the desk on accident. <laughs> uh, I think that's fair. Um, except the last time Bournemouth played Liverpool, Bournemouth gave them a run for their money. I don't quite remember... That's the... what I'm saying 1-0. I it,
0: think it's going to be a fight. It's at the South Coast... Remember, they're traveling all the way down. <laughs>
1: I'm going all memes here. I'm going with the A cherry print is who? Wait, who's, who's the home team? Um, Sorry, Liverpool at Bournemouth. Oh, Bournemouth yeah. Bournemouth are the home team. Cherry Prince at his home ground. Dominic Solanke, the archer, the player of the month. 3-0 to the Bournemouth cherries. All memes. 3-0. Okay, hey. <laughs> I hope you get what you want, man. But, uh, hey, okay. That's I more, like it. That's a meme she, pick, but I, R- I got to believe R- in Reese boys. doesn't do
0: this very often unless it involves Mudrick. <laughs> yeah. So I like to see it. Okay,
1: so we got a Monday game, Wolves at Brighton. This is going to be a fun game. Um, If Wolves win, they will be tied on points with Chelsea into that sort of top 10 to 8 range. So Wolves have been an underrated radar team. Wolves also had a break, uh, and that means maybe Neto might be into that starting lineup as well, which is frightening for other teams um and Brighton have been in great form as well they're also right around that same range uh I believe um maybe tied with Chelsea or right around that range as well so this is a huge game for the conference or just getting into Europe in general what well, do you got it I'm going 1-1 one, one. Ooh, I'm going 3-2 to the goals okay I think that's a fun game I think either way it'll be a great game to watch I think it's going to
0: be high scoring I think it'll either be, it'll either be a high scoring
1: high octane affair or it'll be a Nil-nil draw. <laughs> but it, I think either way, even if it is nil-nil, both teams will have plenty of opportunities. And we're definitely going to review that game the weekend after, and, and we'll put some emphasis on it too. Because it's, yeah. a, it's a big game. We'll try to put it first unless something crazy happens
0: sure. like... 5-4. Um, like Bournemouth actually do the 3-0 to zero over Liverpool, <laughs> or like Crystal Palace just gets destroyed by Arsenal yeah. or something crazy. Sure. But... Um, yeah, that just takes care of the five games we got.
1: Awesome. All so right. before we jump into our stoppage time, I literally came up with this on the yeah, spot. let's do it. We got Transfers. The new segment literally just came up with it on the spot. Rumors with Reese. Let's run it up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let's go on the ones that are done first yeah. to cop it up. For so sure.
1: Timo Werner to Hold Spurs. On. So okay. yeah. Back on, and this was a couple days ago, uh, we got an Ornstein dagger that uh, David Datro Fofana is scheduled to fly to Burnley on Friday. That was last Friday. Oh, those are the reinforcements. Yes, he completed his move to Burnley on loan from Chelsea. A high potential player, did not get a lot of game time at Union Berlin. Uh, But if he does get game time at Burnley, hopefully he actually contributes. So not the biggest transfer, but we do want to take care of every Premier League team Mm. to give credit to them. Well, I mean, you were hoping Burnley would get some reinforcements, and I think he has the potential to be a good player. For sure. And he's a true striker, and I feel like that's something Burnley had been lacking a little bit is that final uh, final threat in the third. Um, we have Jaden Sancho, uh, who is going on loan to Borussia Dortmund, the place where he came from that he signed $80 million to United for originally. He's going back on loan to that team. Uh, a loan package of uh, of $3.5 I actually think that's great business for BVB. Mm-hmm. Um but we'll have to see if if uh United can sustain their form or else that they may need some help in the window. Uh we have Tottenham reaching total agreement with Genoa to sign center back Radu Dragusin. Uh he's a
0: good center back now Matt, in the Italian League. Yeah,
1: no, you're you're right. Yeah. I watched some analysis on each on um, him and Timo Werner for their for their teams, and I think he fits this team perfectly. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen him play personally. Matt said he's seen some clips of him. But what I've One seen. One of those techno uh, soundtrack
0: best of clips. Yeah, yeah.
1: And what I've seen from uh, Drake Usen is that he is very uh, front footed and progressive with his passing. So, And I feel like that's just what Bosticoglu wants. He is in the
0: Van Dyke Saliba family of tall center backs yeah, for that sure. have great ball handling ability. Yeah. <laughs> And so I'm I think, only doing that for your benefit, man. I don't you. think there's anything wrong with it. No, I'm going
1: to continue to say Take pause. It. I like you. Um, next thing here, we have Valentin Barco, very high prospect from Argentina, joining from Boca Juniors to Brighton uh, for $10 million. Hmm. Brighton scouting, you can only see this going one way and that this kid may be actually special. He's only 19 well, years old and he's a left back. He was not just on their radar. He was on a lot of teams' yeah. radar. Um, but it's a five-year deal. Uh, great pickup for Brighton and their scouting department. Nothing new from them. So yeah. uh, I don't think he'll most likely be contributing right away this season. It'll most likely be something for next season if, if you know.
0: He'll be like happen. that Caicedo signing a while back where yeah. he'll show up and he'll just start to make an impact. For sure.
1: And what um, Matt was alluding to and what we've already talked about and I've ranted on. Uh, Tottenham reaching total agreement with Leipzig to sign Timo Werner on loan with an option to buy for around fifteen to twenty million. I've already said my piece, I think he's a great fit. Do you think the same? I think so.
0: I was other people on the Arsenal podcast of this two were making fun of it. They're like, oh, they just bought somebody who's just gonna whip in front of a goal. And I'm like, dude, he does a lot of stuff off the ball.
1: There's more than that board will of
0: football than goals, truly benefits Spurs because they need somebody to plug in uh, for Sun. Because Rich Arlison can contribute, but they need more weapons to play the way they want to play.
1: And we'll get into my stoppage time question, and, and that's going to be one of them is the sustainability of Tottenham. So uh, next thing here, we have Brentford uh, set to complete signing. And this, these are all Ornstein daggers so far. We'll get into the rumors with Fabrizio because I feel like he drops more of those types of rumors. Uh, Ornstein dagger. Brentford set to complete the signing of Yunus Emery Konak from Turkish side Sivispor, uh, which I guess is a talented midfielder who turns 18 next week. Um, he's been tracked by many European clubs. so Arsenal have tracked him. Yeah, so it looks like... Um, that means Chelsea has tracked him. Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> I think
0: they bugged our skydiving department. You know
1: Chelsea. And we'll get... Oh, God. <laughs> and the Chelsea uh, rumor later is going to be crazy. Um, but I think that's a great t- uh, signing for them. If mm-hmm. Brentford can stay up, hopefully he can contribute most likely next season is what I'm assuming. Uh, we have... Way back earlier in the window, uh, Regulon Regulon is rejoining Tottenham uh, from loan from United. Uh, Pretty much there was an option in that uh, contract where United can cancel that loan uh, at the January window, and that's what they did. Uh, We'll see if he gets re-loaned out or if he is going to maybe stay to contribute off the bench, because I don't think anyone's taking Udogi's spot anytime soon. He's Mm -hmm. been in great form. Joe Rathwell to Southampton from Bournemouth. Uh, another player that we'll get into and also uh, Hamad Traore is going to be joining Napoli on loan with an option to buy for $25 million. So it looks like Bournemouth are actually offloading a few players. Something to keep an eye on. Maybe they will invest a little bit later in the window. Yeah, because they can get some money off their books. Who knows? Yep. And jumping into the rumors with Fabrizio. Uh, Brentford want Reguilon on loan from Tottenham. Uh Right off the bat, it looks like <laughs> they are interested. Negotiations already took place, uh, but the final decision is up to the players. So something to keep an eye on. I Brentford need him. I would go. Brentford need all the help they can get yeah. too. He, he will definitely get playtime there as well. Um Sevilla and specifically with Sevilla, I know we're a Premier League based podcast. They have been signing a lot of young talent like and I see that they've been rumored with Hannibal your boy uh, mm-hmm. from United as well. But they agreed deal to sign Mateo Mejia from Manchester United on a permanent transfer. Um, 2003 born striker, so um, leaving the club. But Man United will have a 25% sell on clause. Now, is this the Chelsea one? This is the Chelsea one. So, yeah, I haven't heard it. I'm I'm cool with it. I know Chelsea fans are gonna flip their f- in mind about this. Chelsea are working on Estavo Estavio William deal. Uh, a 2007 Brazilian talent, uh, right winger. Nickname Massinho. Nickname Massino. Release clause is sixty million, and he wouldn't join the club until twenty twenty-five June when he turns eighteen. So again, another player that oh, because
0: they hate children.
1: Yes, and you have to be eighteen in order for that player to actually leave the club to to the European side. So another player on Chelsea's scouting side that they are working for to build the project of what they're going for. So. $60 $60 million release clause, or euros, I think. Euro release clause. Very high amount for a 16-year-old. Um, and he
0: can't play until he's 18 because the, the <laughs> restrictions on the visas now.
1: Uh, so they missed out on Endrick. Uh, I can, I, I, do think Chelsea get this one over the board. So we'll have to see. Um But yeah, those are my rumors. Matt, let's jump into the stoppage time question. You want me to kick it off or you? No,
0: I'll kick it off That's since right. you have a two-parter in the middle there. i what we're going to do in the middle. So. Cool. This weekend's got me Burnley on my brain. Um, I think it has for you, too. Ultimately, who is better in practice, not on paper, Sean Deitch or Vincent Kompany? Great. Great. In question. practice, they both have gotten Burnley promoted to the Premier League. And now um, I think he has a little bit more talent now in his playing team, Sean Deitch. But I think that Kompany had just the same on loan last year. Yeah. In practice, not on paper, not on rumor. Who do you think is the better manager, of the two of them?
1: I think this is a, a two-way answer, and I know it's kind of soft, but no, no, no. I I dodged, I I I pillow-kicked a couple of <laughs> questions recently. Let's say, let's say this. Let's say Chelsea sack Pochettino at the end of the season. I think Company should be on that short list because he is a great project manager. You see the potential and the patterns of play that Burnley have. His tea, his side just don't have the quality for it. Now. You go to the other side, and if you're a team that's fighting for relegation like a Brentford, and let's say they let, hypothetically let go of Thomas Frank, which they won't do. Yeah. He's a great manager. You look for a guy like Sean Dyche, and he is not a project manager. He is a guy that's going to get you results right then and there. May not be the prettiest of performances. So to answer your question, I would say company, but not with confidence. Okay. <laughs> what about you?
0: Ultimately, man, I just think that on, on the pitch – He's produced more damage. Yep. I think he kept burning up during those terrible seasons, where he had him ride on the train cars <laughs> and wouldn't and wouldn't let him upgrade and put him in. You know, I just think that he in practice it's just like if you look at like I remember I read this book on World War One generals and there were some that were great um, non or uh, peacetime generals and Maybe. to me company kind of falls into that. For sure. And where he seems like he's more theory
1: than getting getting on the in the trenches. I agree, because there's Burnley's side with Deitch were much more experienced. They got my boy Woot Weghorst. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out Marco Goldbridge. Um, and this Burnley side is just super young. So yeah. I and guess it just depends on what And when the way
0: concerned. company built his team to get promoted was he yeah. drew a lot of loans. Now, there were loanies on the Burnley side that got promoted originally by Deitch. Yeah. However, they really relied on getting okay. players from Manchester City and other places to make, these te- make this team. Yeah. And he did a great job with them, but he just, the team he was built didn't have the resources to be able to play that football once they all were returned yeah. to their
1: team. And what's scary is if company doesn't get out of this relegation fight, his job could be in jeopardy possibly. And oh, I don't want to I, – I
0: agree. I don't think his job is in jeopardy because they know oh, okay. what they have. Okay. I think that they are kind of maybe doing what some people predicted Luton were going to do where they go up, they get the money, and then they get the parachute payment coming down. And then they use that to invest in the team long term, mm-hmm. yeah. like because Luton has to get their stadium fixed for sure. That's fair. they they're gonna get like two hundred million dollars if they go down, gotcha, it, it, or it, up and down. Yeah. And they haven't spent a lot of money in, in this thing, but um, but I agree with you on
1: that. But um, hit me with your and sign question, sir. So uh, this we'll start with Liverpool because I, I want to talk about Tottenham after Liverpool has lost Salah, obviously, to AFCON, and Egypt, I would say, is not a favored side, but he is at least out for four Premier League games. At least. Mm -hmm. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold is out for three weeks uh, due to a knee injury that he sustained in the FA Cup game against Arsenal. Do you think, Mr. Matthew, that Liverpool may need to invest just somewhere into that side this January to keep them in the hunt for the title, or do you think they can sustain themselves... With, uh, with the absence of uh, Salah and Trent over the next few weeks.
0: Yes, I think they need to get somebody on loan or something because when you look at the creative most creative player on this Liverpool team, they're, they, he's gone. You look at the best goal scorer on this Liverpool team, he's gone.
1: Yeah,
0: um, And we've seen how in a week, Arsenal went from being third-title favorites to being completely out of the conversation um, from two games. <laughs>
1: That's that's Matt and First Take Media, not a Reese point uh, observation. I think Arsenal are totally in the title race, but
0: yeah, no, 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 no. go ahead. That, that's the the pundits. <laughs> I yes. still think Arsenal's in the title race for sure. But you can for see sure. how fast the narrative can change. Yep, and um, they. Are not going to have these players to go to the Emirates.
1: They are in such a crucial position that they might actually be the team to dethrone City, uh, being two points ahead of them. Mm-hmm. You have to invest. They have
0: to look at this. I don't know, but I don't know who they go for.
1: They have like they have cover, obviously in attack. We've talked about it previously, mm-hmm. and they also have cover relatively with in the back as well. But in terms of. That caliber exactly, and but the, I don't know who they get, and also the chemistry that they have, yeah. especially with the way defensively they they mm-hmm. play. Although our Arnold is usually exposed in that defense, he's still very important to them. You know, in terms of the high line, and I agree that we don't know who they're going to be getting or if they should or what they need necessarily, but they need something to ensure that they can hold that first place spot.
0: Just like when um, with with the Gunners, everyone's like, "Well, you need to sign a striker now. You need to do this." And I'm like. Who are they going to get? How much money do we have left? Under because FFP. it doesn't reset until the end of the season. Yeah, We had to get a goalkeeper on loan. I just don't think anyone's coming in. I don't want that to be the answer, but that's what I think it's going to be.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: I think we may pick up some kid for like 18 million euros or something from like the Italian league in defense
1: or something, but that might be about it. Yeah, and, and I agree. And same with Liverpool. You know, yeah. they, they invested a lot, but they... I don't want Liverpool to bring anyone in. I think they should, though. Yeah.
0: Does I, that answer the question? Yes, sir. Okay. What's your stoppage time question? All right. So my second one is, so we both watch a lot of games at work. Um, we have our little headsets on, in between calls, you know, watching. And we work in an office where there may be a handful of people that watch the beautiful game. Mm-hmm. Um, I happen to sit by one of them, so the reactions aren't shocking to him. But I've jumped up and put my hands in the air uh, and gotten some really weird looks from people. Yep. Um, what is the weirdest response verbally or facially you've gotten while watching a game in the office? Because you go to the office more than I do.
1: Uh, yeah, every day. Um, so this is way back on the Spurs-Chelsea game where we won 4-1 to and the mayhem of that game, uh, all the disallowed goals from both sides and all the offsides. I don't remember. It was one of Nico Jackson's several offside goals that he had. I slammed my desk and I stood up with my hands on my head, and then I slammed my desk again. Now I'm I'm technically or usually a reserved guy when it comes to my football love uh, because most people in America just don't understand. Yeah, but I'm with you, man. When you're playing against Spurs and you're a Chelsea fan, a, a different great a different dragon comes out of you. So I uh, slammed my desk and about six people. Did the little poke over the... The, the, the cubicles? Yeah. cubicle wall? <laughs> and my manager is like, you good? And he is actually a, a football fan. He recently recently joined the Geordies uh, as a registered fan. So shout out Jordan with the Geordies. Oh, he's a Newcastle? Yeah. He just, he just started... Magpie? Yeah, yeah. Um, he was like, you good? And I was like, yeah, man, the Spurs game is just killing me. <laughs> Mario, my other friend, is there. Yeah, I mean, I've slammed my desk a couple times Um on football related things. So it's really not too surprising, but yeah, when I stood up in the it again, they were, <laughs> they're a little questionable. What, what about Jackson? Stop, stop toy with his heart, man. <laughs> Would you say that the, when you, when you mentioned you stood up in the office that one time, was that your kind of,
0: so you and me both know a gentleman whose initials are GG. Yeah. yeah. Um, he came, looked at me because we were in the office training. This is the season where Arsenal, um, finished fifth behind Spurs. And I was watching the Spurs Arsenal Derby at my desk while training people. I didn't have it on any volume. I just had it on my phone. It was just there. And I went to help somebody. It took 10 minutes of time. I come back to my desk and I just my head was in my hands because Rob Holding had been set off and we had just <laughs> they had just given away a penalty, suddenly scored the penalty, and I was just, my head was in my hands. Like, I just sat in my desk people like thought I was legit mad at the person I was helping. And then Gustavo kind of had to go tell people, no, no, he's watching a game at his desk and that's the results. It's not you because the person was legit mad. Yeah. I mean, They were like, they were like giving me the look
1: like it wasn't that bad of a question. I'm like, no, no, it's not you. <laughs> and, you and you guys got to realize like, again, we don't just get to get off work and come home and watch yeah. these games. But that was my, that was the season there. That yeah. was, everything was riding on that game. I remember that. That was for top four. Mm-hmm. Spurs won that and went on to, to take the fourth spot from you guys. And yep. then you guys went on the next season to, to take second. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I remember that now. Um, what a crazy game that was, too. Was it under Conte, right?
0: Yeah, it was under Conte, and it was um, Rob Holding just could not play at that level. <laughs> yeah.
1: Now, uh, my stoppage time question, my last one, is about Spurs. Uh, they brought in Dragussen as cover uh, for Romero and Van de Ven. Uh, Romero obviously misses a lot of game time, typically due to red cards and suspensions. Van de Ven is still ramping up from injury, which he did start today. Um, you also have Timo Werner for cover. Uh, for uh, Suns' absence. My question to you is, Madison's coming back soon. It's a little scary because Spurs are starting to get healthy. Mm-hmm. Are they back in this title race, Matt? Yes. I agree. Uh,
0: I feel like a lot of They pe- made the right moves in the market. Nobody else has made moves this fast, uh, except for like some of the teams on the l- lower side. Yeah. Of the title contention teams, they're the ones who made the move first, and they made great moves. They brought in a player who, in Italy... In, they call him the dragon that's cool um he's performing at the level of Saliba and Van Dijk yeah now it's a different league and i don't know if it'll translate yep. but in you picked up a great player right there
1: yeah
0: arsenal wanted this guy to be you know a rotation option for sure um but Timo Werner is a great player and i i agree with you i think that people he, he's like a guy who's really good at his job but he has weird facial expressions when he's doing it and people make fun of him for it you know yeah, what i mean yeah i gotcha like he's a guy who will like, be helping somebody on a phone call with of this like a look of hate on his face when he's talking happily and it just the disconnect it's throws you come off right yeah yeah it, there's something about him but like people just pick on him because yeah. they don't like that thing about him but he's a great signing yeah. adding that to this attack that tottenham have I'm worried about them as yeah. an Arsenal fan. Like, we need to get our crap together and move forward and start challenging Villa City and Liverpool again. Yeah.
1: And especially with the cracks that we're seeing mm-hmm. in Villa, we could see Spurs-type start to creep into that whatever conversation. Whatever curse
0: the Night King or deal the Night King worked and out with the Night Sisters or whatever is starting maybe be coming true.
1: <laughs> it's crazy that the Night King is, is a little is starting to show cracks in the winter. Like, come yes. on, memory. What are we doing here, man? Uh, it's a long winter, though. So. Yeah. Um, Yeah, just something interesting because it seems like Spurs haven't really been talked about as a title contending team since they've lost Madison and Vandevin, but they've managed to sustain their uh, uh, results with them being absent.
0: They went streaky and they were decimated for a while. Mm -hmm. And it's like you talked about the first take kind of style of like, you know, oh, they're down. But it's like, it's a long season.
1: We're barely at the halfway point. Um, Guys, we have 18 games left for most teams. So it's like... 18 games is a lot of games and a lot of points. And And now they're going to be spread out. And
0: one thing on Liverpool too that we also have to factor in that with Alexander and trying Alexander-Arnold and Mm. Soligon is they beat Arsenal in the FA Cup. They now have to play another game and they have to play another leg that they're probably going to... Or they won their, their first match against right. Fulham, so they still had to play the next leg, but now they have to play two more
1: games. And that's the thing with Spurs, is they don't have any Europe. Uh, they maybe have the FA Cup. Are they even in the FA Cup? Uh, we'll, we'll have to no,
0: see. No, I think they are out of the FA Cup, because remember people, or was it the Carabao Cup? People were really mad at Ange threw out a kids against somebody.
1: It was the Carabao, FA Cup. Yeah. Or the one of those two leagues. But yeah. Spurs have less competition midweek than most other teams do uh, in the top four uh villa is in the conference or the europa league one of those two leagues city obviously is in champions league liverpool is in Champ- uh europa league uh there's a lot of games that these other teams will have to play for that spurs do not have to play for so um
0: bear with me here guys i'm seeing if spurs are still in the fa cup
1: <laughs> But um, I'm worried for Spurs, man. They're, they're, They're a tough side to play against.
0: No, they are playing in the FA Cup. They've made it to the fourth round, and they face Manchester City on Friday, January 26th.
1: Oof. So we'll have to
0: see. Uh, it was like, the Carabao cup. I remember Spurs fans were mad yeah. because they wanted some silverware, and then he threw away the Carabao cup. I remember expressions being like, "You know when them way, dear fam." Okay, yeah. gotcha. Because he was, he went on one of his rants. He's yeah. like, "Less cups than Jesus at the Last Supper, yeah.
1: fam." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, uh, another great episode. Um, credit to City, especially they've shown that they are starting to get healthy and definitely in this title race. So this is only going to make it more intriguing. Oh, yeah. Uh, more football to be played, guys. Um, there's also midweek uh, Premier League after these next weekend games for the end of the month, so we'll probably have to do a midweek episode at some point towards the end of the month as well. There's
0: going to be a couple of them that we're gonna, I'm going to talk with Reese after this to set this up for the future. But, uh, for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, close us out, man.
0: Live long and watch some football, lads.